1: Aubrey and I are going to reflect on the huge news out of the Supreme Court and then
2: how do you know if you're on social media too much and it's Brian's birthday. What happened on this day in history? You're listening to The Common Good. Hey
1: everybody, welcome to The Common Good here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life alongside Aubrey Sampson. My name is Brian Fromm. Happy Wednesday. It is hump day. It is Star Wars day. Aubrey, let's get it out of the way.
2: And it's your birthday. It it's is Brian my birthday. Robbins, it's your birthday. It's your birthday. I've been singing to you all afternoon.
1: You have. It, it, yes. If people could only know the amount of singing you've already done. I, if only Very I was exciting. excited about my birthday as you are. I moment. know. I
2: almost sent you a singing voicemail this morning at 730 and I thought, no, that's probably boundary crossing. Like he needs to sleep. He needs to be with his family. I, you I'll think sing to I on was, air.
1: Okay. The family part makes sense. If you yeah, think I yeah. was asleep at I 730 guess that's this morning.
2: That's <laughs> no, you're watching. Your, you're watching your girls, right, Hoda? And, oh, of course,
1: and yeah, Savannah. Yes, they yeah. wished me a happy birthday. Of course they did. Of course obviously. they did.
2: Now we it just need John, we need John Benedict to play you a happy birthday on the Cubs organ.
1: That is. Oh, let's shoot him a text. Let's okay, go for that. It, it is weird. It. I am 45 today, and like, I, I don't get me wrong. I love birthdays. It's the only good day to be on social media because everyone's right. wishing you a happy birthday. Yeah, they are. All of this stuff. But like it's also just a like I okay, I'm gonna be Mr. Debbie Downer. I'm starting this by saying I love my birthday. It's fun.
2: Okay. But like I
1: have a meet I had a meeting with someone today and they texted me, like, do you still want to meet? And I'm like, I'm still working today. (laughs) Brian, you don't know how to
2: do it right. You gotta take today off. You shouldn't even be here right now. You should be at home, you should be at your favorite restaurant, you should be I oh I I mean I do my favorite things on my birthday. So So if meetings, if meetings are your favorite things, then great.
1: Did you, do you regularly take your birthday off?
2: No, I don't necessarily take it off, but like, let's say my birthday was on a Wednesday. I would take that, you know, whatever the next day was I had off to like go to TJ Maxx or go get my hair done or go get my nails done or go see a movie.
1: It is undoubtedly true that if your birthday falls on a Wednesday, you're taking the rest of the week off like it's the 4th of <laughs> July. <laughs> if there's one thing I've learned about you.
2: The whole is week is my birthday, Brian. Happy birthday. Either way, even if you won't celebrate, I will. Happy I'm birthday. celebrating.
1: <laughs> I'm excited. I woke up today and was like, oh, it's my birthday. Like, you still get it. But there yeah. is that like, oh, do you remember what it was like when you were like 12, Oh, I know. It was so exciting. And it was like everything built up get, to your birthday. Do you
2: still get birthday presents? Like, will people sure in your life give you presents. Okay, presents are fine. My fun. family,
1: my yeah. family. I'm waiting from, for the one from my radio co-host, but uh, other than <laughs> Oh, Ian, <laughs> I-
2: he Ian quit yeah. like a year ago. I don't know if you remember that. <laughs>
1: thank you. Thank you for the signed birthday copy of Known. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: I'll give you the three book trilogy. You can have you all go. my books. There you go.
1: So no, we'll do we'll do birthday stuff tonight, and fun. Uh, yeah, but then like my kids have games tonight. Yeah. You know, you
2: still, life goes on, right? It's yeah.
1: it's absolutely true. So it is a fun day to be on social media. So thank you to those of you who have wished happy birthday. And uh, yes, yes, another what's the old thing they say? Another uh, another trip around the sun. Is that how? Is that what it yeah, is? Yeah, people have been
2: saying one more trip around the sun.
1: There you go, number forty-five for me. So wow. excited! I am excited, and it's Star Wars Day, like we talked about yeah, earlier. Yeah, so. it's a big,
2: it's a big day. All it's things all are combo. All things are coming up, Brian.
1: There, <laughs> if only, <laughs> if only. Uh, all right, Aubrey, well, uh, you and I were we were yesterday uh, with Paul Jacobs and Anitra Parmalee from Food for the Poor. Uh, talking about the, the amazing – and partnering with them with the mm-hmm. amazing work they're doing in, in Ukraine yep. to help feed refugees. You can go to 1160hope.com and click on the Help Ukraine banner and, and still feed an immense amount of meals for a little amount of money. Basically, for every dollar you give, it is providing four desperately needed meals. But really having done amazing. that show all day with them yesterday, we were not able to weigh in on right. the big news of the day before.
2: Big news.
1: Of the big news out of the Supreme Court. Let's yeah. just – everyone's heard it by now. A, a An internal uh, memo was leaked from the Supreme Court going up amongst the justices. And apparently I'm learning a lot about the Supreme Court. I didn't know that this is how they work, that for months they'll send drafts of the decisions And kind of do we agree. But so this is not a decision. This is what people need to understand. Nothing has been decided. But this draft seems to indicate that the court is preparing to overrule Roe versus Wade. Right. And uh, to say that our country has lost its mind over this would be an understatement. And so. You go to social media and yeah. you see everybody pontificating. Yeah. You do yeah. this and that. And I would say, at least in, in the world that I see, culture at large, not the church, but culture at large, is, uh, is up in arms about this. Absolutely. So, um, you know, Aubrey, before we get into what is our role as pastors, as the church and stuff in this, I've got to say, laying cards on the table, and this won't surprise people. Well, I don't think Ro- overturning Roe versus Wade solves all the problems Certainly. Ends the debates. In fact, in right. many ways, it will make it worse. Right. Uh, I I cheer this on. I am, oh. I am a fan of this. I am yeah. happy. I think this yeah. is a day for us to celebrate.
2: Yeah, I think this is a day for us to celebrate, too. Again, there's certainly questions about this leak and the motivation behind it mm-hmm. and what's going on. And unfortunately, Brian, I think you're right. Like, I was actually just on Twitter and Hillary Clinton tweeted – women's rights are human's rights and human's rights are women's rights and that's to me the the flaw in that thinking is like well the children are humans like i yes. this is where it's like it doesn't make any sense to me so we don't need i mean people know how we feel about this but all that to say this could be great news and i'm yeah. a little bit shocked to be honest um but i do think culture thinks that more people are for abortion than they actually are. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm wrong about this. I don't know what the latest polls say, and probably they're swayed depending on who you are and where the polls are coming from, right? Yeah. But the fact that the highest court in the United States is considering overthrowing Roe v. Wade, I think that's worth celebrating, and that's the, a movement of God.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I, I think statistics go both ways. They do show that uh, the majority of people in our country do not want Roe v. Wade overturned, but yet abortions are at an alt- at a low lowest point since Roe versus Wade. So there's, Mm. there's a lot going on, but I'm with you, Aubrey. I I've stayed off of any social media disagree, uh, debates about this. And I'm going to, you know, that's kind of my thing. I I stay away from like engaging people on social media. I, I, I've been so close though, to people on Twitter and Facebook, uh, from different parts of my life saying things that I just want to answer them with, but what about the baby? But what about the baby?
2: It's so wild. But it, it, what
1: about the yeah, baby? Yeah. And and people online and on the news is of celebrating their past abortions, telling mm-hmm. you about mm-hmm. how it's safe. And you're just like, but what about the babies? And so uh, I, I think we can celebrate it. But Aubrey, like we said, this is, while this might change the landscape in a yeah. positive way, it doesn't right. change the conversation. And Certainly. so I do think it's important for us to say, in a moment, you always like to say, in such a time as this, yeah, uh, what's the church's role? What are the Christians? What are we to be doing? Because I don't think taking a victory lap is no. the answer. Oh, goodness
2: gracious, no. what
1: are we to be doing right now?
2: Yeah, I, okay, so I this is this is who I never want to forget in this conversation moms who've had abortions in our church that are sitting there silently, not talking about what they've been through. Mm-hmm. So, above. Maybe not above all, but as much as anything else, we have got to get better at loving on supporting and showing grace to those moms. Okay, so the church has got to be a safe space for women to say, look, I had an abortion and I've been carrying it secretly. And the church has to get better at loving and not in their like pro-life stance, not... a. Uh, hurting or ostracizing women who have had abortions. Okay. So women, we love you. God sees you. God is for you in Jesus Christ. Like there is comfort and forgiveness and there is no condemnation for you. So let's just say that. Secondly, I, I do think you're right, Brian, like though we can keep praying, though we can celebrate this as a win it doesn't seem wise to to go on social media and be like, ha 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 liquid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, because it's not I I just feel like that's not being a good neighbor. And mm. I I don't there's not maybe a better way for me to explain it, but we know God's heart is for the most vulnerable. You and I would say wholeheartedly the most vulnerable are unborn, unprotected children because they literally cannot defend for themselves. We know that, you know, we've said before, like if this conversation was about puppies, like no one would be for killing puppies. You mm. know what I mean, like and so the fact that we can 't raise up baby humans to the same level as baby animals that 's very confusing for me, yeah, all that to say, as we wrestle let 's not grow arrogant or prideful, but remember to love our neighbors yeah. and honor everyone, no matter where they are
1: and I think now is the time for churches for for individuals to support crisis pregnancy centers, to support things like caring network to uh step into the gap one of the the things you'll always read on Twitter when these kinds of things oh you christians are just pro birth but then well, no we're pro mom we're yeah. pro family yeah and people will be like well what about the dads uh, i think when abortion is uh, whether it's legal or not and people are like oh what enjoy now dads needing to pay uh support at con- at um conception i'm like yes Yes, Absolutely. this is not just about the mom. At, it's like the mom the,
2: did it on her own. Come exactly. On. I
1: saw somebody tweeted, the baby didn't just appear there. Right, And right. so I do think men and dads need to be held uh, mm-hmm. to uh, support
2: Absolutely. Not at
1: birth, but before. If we're going to yeah. hold women to this, absolutely yeah. we need to hold men. Yeah. Adoption rights. Church, we need to be leading the way, which we already are, in yeah. adoption, in foster parenting. Now's the time for the church to rise up and not instead be like, hey, we want, like you said. Yeah. But now is the time for the church to rise up. And I would remind people that this was just a draft. We don't know yeah, we don't actually know what's,
2: gonna happen. Right. what's
1: going to be happening. And Aubrey, someday when the movie gets made and the podcast about the person who leaked this and their oh, motives man. Oh, and man. what happened, there's all these conspiracy theories out there right now. A lot yeah. of I'm not a conspiracy theorist, and I believe a lot of yeah, them. they're <laughs> believable.
2: You're right. You're uh, right.
1: I, I think the stories are going to be crazy. Uh, on this May the 4th. Not only is it my birthday, as we've been saying, but it's Star Wars Day. So let it's us Star be Wars the first Day. to say to you, may the fourth be with you. It's such a weird with thing you. to say. Try and to say also it.
2: with you. I, can't, I have too <laughs> much of my like, Anglican, and I'm like, and also with you. <laughs> and
1: also. Sounds like we have a lisp. It sounds like we're Anglican. It's all L at once. <laughs> and also with you. That's really funny. Uh, so, Aubrey, sometimes we spend time here talking about the difficult stories we just... Unpacked what's going on in the Supreme Court with abortion and Roe versus Wade and how we we you and I feel like we should be reacting to that. Uh, but I also want to use some of our platform here to highlight just heartwarming stories, good stories, uh, kind of like what's good in humanity right yes. now. Because a lot of times if you listen or watch the news, you're like, man, humanity is just all going to hell. It's just all bad. And it's just not the case. And so uh, let me tell you a story. But first, I'm sure you didn't see this. You could Google this. I was watching SportsCenter last night. Oh, and they showed I, the yeah, scene. I, I probably scene.
2: turned it off like right before yep, you got on, yep. so I missed it.
1: At the Blue Jays Yankees game yesterday, the, yeah. the one of the star players on the Yankees, his name is Aaron Judge, right? And so he hits a foul ball way into the upper deck, and this Toronto Blue Jay fan, this you know, could probably someone like our age, catches yeah. it. Okay. And you see right over his shoulder, like a row back and two seats over, is a little kid in an Aaron Judge jersey. Oh. Okay, so he's probably like ten, eleven years old. So the guy catches the ball and like raises his hand, you know, like you do. You yeah, like, hey. he's pumped. And then he turns to the kid in the Aaron Judge jersey and just hands him the ball. So this Stop is clearly it! this kid's. This is like his sports hero who's hit the ball. Yeah. The kid's eyes go wide open. Why is and this you making can me see emotional? Him like, he has this – yeah, you're good cry. He has this moment of like, I can't oh. believe you did this. He doesn't know this person. He dives into the guy's arms and Stop. just embraces Stop. him. <laughs> and the whole crowd cheers. And then Are they show serious? a minute later. Yeah, they show a minute later he's sitting next to his dad just weeping. Come just on. Re- and so – it What's is the story, power Brian? of kindness. Like be Man. kind is so often. Wow! Uh, I saw somebody retweeted mm. that story mm. and uh, and wrote. Uh, something like it's free to be kind like it doesn't cost you anything to be kind but look at what it gains
2: you like come on that is amazing i got got
1: you to tear up you need to google that one it's it's to see it is really cool because the kid just breaks down and it's like oh man all
2: right
1: but let me tell you another story that i saw today aubrey and it is from a, a little place called coachella Okay, so okay. the Coachella, have you ever been to Coachella? I ask you that uh, um, tongue in cheek.
2: N- never been to Coachella. I, d- I don't think I probably would want to go, but I like watching clips of Coachella online. And I like so, seeing the fashion, and, you know, that kind of thing.
1: So now that I am 45 years old, do you think that I am too old for Coachella?
2: I feel like you're at the right age for Coachella, Brian. Like, you, you just should show up in your cargo shorts and your sandals and your little puffy vest. And I feel like you're going to be so welcome at Coachella. They're going to love I you. I do
1: appreciate you You just discussing exactly what I'm wearing right now. I am wearing a puffy vest right now. <laughs> and, uh, no, we and, are both
2: too old for Coachella. Like, we have kids that should be going to Coachella. Not. Uh, I mean, maybe they shouldn't actually go, but, like, whoa. you know, it's their age.
1: So here's what happened. Here's the story that happened at Coachella uh, over the past weeks. Uh, a, a woman, a girl, a younger woman by the name of Becca Moore, she was at Coachella and somebody stole everything from her. They stole her wallet, her phone, uh, and her rental car keys. Her hotel oh, called her an Uber, right? So could you imagine just that just happening? You're at no, this place awful. like I don't know what to do. So she got back to her hotel and her hotel called her an Uber so she could go to the Sprint store and buy a new phone. Her Uber driver was a man by the name of Raul Torres. It says this. She said this. A normal Uber driver takes you to a place and then drops you off. But he insisted on coming in with me and making sure that I was going to have a ride after that. He ended up doing way more than that. He took her to the local police station to file a police report. When they figured out the suspect's name and where he was staying, Torres went with her and the officers to search for her missing things when they couldn't find her stuff. Torres uh, Moore said the officers left, but Torres wasn't willing to give up. They ended up tracking the phone down outside the suspect's Airbnb and wow. all worked out so well. But this and then he just did this to be kind, right? Wow. Well, what he didn't know was that Becca Moore has 800,000 followers <laughs> on TikTok.
2: Stop it.
1: She goes on there regularly to tell stories about her dating life and other experiences. She's what you call a social media influencer, right? Well, he didn't know this. So she goes to TikTok, tells the story and says, I want to kind of thank him. So let's raise him some money. She starts like a GoFundMe or something with the goal of raising a thousand bucks. Okay. She wants to raise a thousand dollars to kind of
2: yeah.
1: Exactly. You gave me your whole day. I want to say thank you. As of today, Aubrey, that GoFundMe is north of a hundred and fifty thousand dollars right now.
2: Stop it! Are you serious?
1: Yeah, isn't I guess I don't have anything to ask except this. Isn't that an awesome story? It's That
2: the, is an awesome story.
1: It reminds you of the good of humanity, right? Yeah. Like not everything's bad. Like people still want to help people. People still Want to do good things, mm. and that these types of stories remind me of that.
2: Yeah, and I feel like we need these stories right now, don't we? Like there yeah. is so much just devastation and division and vitriol in the world, everywhere you look. You and I are covering these stories. We're hearing these arguments in our families, in our churches, in our neighborhoods, whatever. And so just to get even, like you, the, that foul ball story, and now this story, you're like, okay, there is goodness in the world. There is kindness in the world. People want to actually, like, I think, get back to decent humanity and i i love this i'm also brian like kind of floored by the power of social media influencers like dang so i think it'll be interesting to see uh does this uber driver get all of that or will she donate some of it or how will they end up splitting it up because that's a hefty sum of money right there i think
1: the plan is to give all of it listen to how this story proceeds this is going to be a movie someday okay let's hear it just a day after setting up the gofundme page uh, the Uber driver, Raul Torres' his father, passed away from cancer. No. Part of the funds now are going to set, be set up to help cover the funeral uh-uh. expenses. Uh, Moore went on to say this. <laughs> I'm going to try to say this like a young girl because that's how she talks to her. She says, so usually I use my platform to talk about like boys, my dating life and stupid <laughs> things that now I really see are just surface level. Wow. It means a lot that I can help him back. So, yeah, that man stole my phone, my keys, my credit card, she said at the end of her TikTok. But you know what he gave me? Friendship with Raul, so it was worth it.
2: Wow. I don't know unbelievable. what unbelievable. Great story, Brian. I don't
1: have any other points yeah. to make in this story except to put a smile on your face. Yeah, and that's everybody awesome. out that's there awesome. listening. Can we just say this? Here's how we're gonna we like to sum it up pastorally with points. Be a nice person. There you go. Be kind. Not so that you as some influencer raises you a lot of money, right. but because it brightens everybody day, it helps and you don't yeah. know what people are going through. Amazing. So be a kind. Amazing person aubrey as we've been celebrating as everybody should it's my birthday today and it makes me think birthdays are not a day anymore to get stuff done now i'm seeing why you kind of like take the day off i'm just getting texts facebook people you haven't heard from they're not even really friends anymore i know isn't that
2: funny (laughs) because the last time
1: i heard from them was may 4th of 2021 and the time before you know but it's like Oh, yeah. And you just can't get any work done. It's just kind of these things are popping up and
2: it's fun. People it just fun love way. you. This is what's fun about the social media area, era as much as we complain about it because it does remind everyone it's your birthday. So you're right. It's like people come out of the woodwork that you're like, oh, I remember them from when I was 14 years exactly. old. That's fun. Exactly. We have
1: no relationship or friendship <laughs> right. at
2: all. But they're celebrating me today. Hey. And they Facebook yeah. message me. That's wonderful.
1: That's <laughs> yeah. wonderful. Uh, this might cut too close to home. Is it is it weird when people who've left your church wish you happy birthday yes, on Facebook? Yes, absolutely. Do you find that odd?
2: Yes, absolutely. You're like, hey? I've gotten a few of those today Question too. Question mark. <laughs> 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 it's, you
1: know, who this <laughs> right
2: new phone who this? <laughs> oh, anyway funny. the that's pastor's funny. life
1: hashtag the pastor's for life for real the secret life is. of
2: a pastor <laughs>
1: all right so you and i are both now i'm i'm very much rock solid in my mid-40s i couldn't be more mid-40s man than that's my forty fifth birthday that is
2: accurate
1: Let's just be kind and say you're just a little bit behind me. I'll let people guess if you are months or years behind me.
2: Thanks, Brian. Uh, if Thank they've you. listened to
1: the show at all, they know the answer to that question. Right, uh, right. But uh, but we'll we'll just leave it out there as a mystery. I appreciate
2: that. I but appreciate you and that. I
1: are both, we'll just put it this way. We're both children of the 80s. Yes,
2: accurate. And
1: uh, really the, late, the mid to late 80s into the early to mid 90s, when you're talking about pop culture, when you're talking yes. about what was my favorite, favorite show or what was my favorite band or whatever else. So I'm just using that as a setup to go. I saw the most fascinating story of a convergence of worlds at Christian (laughs) headlines. And I eventually want to get to the encouragement as Christians, when you see God doing something new in somebody's life. Uh, But can I just read the two names in the headline here at Christian headlines? Candace Cameron Beret. Nice. Who is she? Can you remind people who Candace uh, Cameron Candace is? Candace
2: Cameron, she's DJ Tanner from Full House. I mean, and And star of Hallmark, like Hallmark Princess.
1: Just stop at Full House. It is No, Brian. Is you Full have House. to
2: acknowledge the, her Hallmark Princess status. Uh,
1: but for our childhood purposes, we all okay, watched yes, Full House DJ growing DJ Tanner. Up. Her last name now is uh, Beret. She is actually right. married. This is a. This would mean nothing to you. she's no, a professional
2: hockey player. I know this. I follow from her.
1: our youth. He was one of the best, Pavel Beret. From our youth, uh, I can remember playing the NHL video games and always wanting to be Pavel Bure. Oh, so,
2: that's fun! Oh, that's very cool.
1: So, Candace Cameron Beret got Danica McKellar back <gasps> in the church. Brian. Can, can I tell everybody who Danica I McKellar, mean, you if you are in your are in your 40s, if you're a child of the 80s and yeah. you are a guy.
2: Yeah. She you was at your first some love.
1: point had a crush on Danica McKellar.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: Because Danica McKellar, her the name we know her by her character was Winnie Cooper.
2: Yeah, she was she was everyone's girl next door and everyone's first love for a very long time.
1: Everybody knows, if you listen to this show, my love for the Wonder Years. Yeah. And so this she's is Winnie like, Cooper yeah. from the Wonder Years.
2: This is like your girl on your birthday. This is exciting, Brian.
1: So if we could just add in Topanga from, uh, what was that show? <laughs> <So, laughs> Boy Meets World. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All your dreams every, are coming true. This is going to be every
1: mid-80s young boy's dream right here. <laughs> Topanga.
2: Uh, but Forgot about her. But here's the
1: story, Aubrey. This story's crazy. Candace Cameron Bure got Danica McKellar back in the church, and McKellar says, it's blowing my mind. So let me just wow. read some of this. You're going to appreciate how they uh, in this Christian Headlines article introduces Danica McKellar. To me, this is like heresy because they don't talk about her on The Wonder Years. But they say oh. – Hallmark store, uh, star, actress yeah, she Danica is. McKellar, she is a says she's star. back in church and experiencing quote amazing love and peace and purpose thanks to an invitation from fellow actress Cameron, uh, Candace Cameron Beret. In an April 25th Instagram video, McKellar said she started going to church again after Beret. Uh, An outspoken Christian invited her and gave her a Bible. A smiling McKellar then recorded an 18-minute video about her spiritual journey, answering questions from fans and telling them that the peace she is experiencing is, quote, available to everyone. She says, it's been a really exciting and really amazing and filling my heart with so much love. And it's hard to kind of hold back. I'm experiencing a relationship with uh, Jesus that I've never had before. And it feels miraculous. Mm. And it all started one evening when I was struggling with the idea of forgiveness. And I DM'd my good friend, Candace Perret about a passage mm. from the Bible. She had read on her Instagram stories She sent me a Bible and invited me to church. In her video, McKellar acknowledged she's still learning about her faith. Her father found the Lord 30 years ago, but she never really went to church. Hmm. Her previous impression of Christianity was mostly, unfortunately, the way that's been misused in the world. Hmm. But I've been discovering the pure part of it, absolute joy. And freedom, and she starts to talk about how she's – like, her life has been transformed. Wow. And so what started for me reading kind of funny, like, these are the girls of our youth. Yeah, Is that,
2: right, right. What an
1: unbelievably powerful story of two things, of the power of invitation.
2: Yeah, Of, like, yeah. listen –
1: you reached out to me about forgiveness. Let me tell you the answer. Here's a Bible. Come to church with me. Let's start this journey together. Mm. And then also, the, pow- the again, the positive power of social media. This was done through Insta stories and Instagram Amazing. and all of this stuff. But, Aubrey... What started a little—I I brought this story up in kind of a lighthearted and funny way. This is a really powerful evangelism story, is it yeah, not?
2: Yeah, it uh, it really is. And I what I love about Candace Cameron Bure is that she has been very bold about her faith. I mean, like, she doesn't hold back at all about just like a she is like an unapologetic evangelical Christian. And I'm sure that turns some people off that she works with in the industry. So the fact that God— I don't know. I just love the fact that God used these two colleagues, really, in in a real way. Like, behind the, yes. behind the screens, behind the fame, here's a real friendship that, like, brought someone to Jesus. And I think that that's really, like, it's a good encouragement for all of us that um, you don't know, you know, when you live your faith kind of, quote unquote, out loud on social media or what have you. At some point in your life, people may turn to you with questions that they yes. have or pain that they have. And that's an opportunity to disciple them towards Jesus. And I just love that. I love now that Dana Mc, Danica McKellar is Winnie being Cooper. so. Yeah, she's sorry. We, we'll just call her Winnie. <laughs> is being so bold about that and herself now that she's talking about Jesus. And yeah, this is a great it's a great evangelism story, and it's fun because it's these two in particular. That's right. And
1: I think you just highlighted something that we lose sight of. It's the, it's the exponential spread of the gospel. Yeah. Uh, Candace Cameron Bure shared Jesus with her friend, Danica uh, McKellar. Right, right. And then, now she's sharing it with... Her social media following, her friends, just talking about the joy. She's using words that we use when we get up to preach, right? Yeah. She's talking about experiencing the joy and freedom that she's mm. been longing for. And now I, all I can picture is Danica McKellar, Winnie Cooper is reaching out to Kevin and to Paul. and Oh, the, you know, man, Kevin. We, Kevin's older brother, mean Wayne. He's going oh, to Wayne. Man, and, Wayne. Uh, and
2: what about the dad? That dad needs well, Jesus. He's a mean, scary guy.
1: You do know at the end of Wonder Years, he passed away early of a heart attack.
2: Oh, no, I don't remember that. That doesn't surprise me, though. That fits with his storyline Yeah, that was character. always like
1: a, oh, that's hard. Sad. But anyway, Danica McKellar, Candace Cameron Bray, uh, the, the women, the, the girls of the 80s are coming and leading an evangelistic Love revolution. It. Amen. And we are here for it. We've all seen the pictures and heard the news about what's happening in Ukraine. It's heartbreaking and devastating. Over 3 million refugees have fled Ukraine, while there are estimates that over 6 million people have been displaced within the country. And as we've been praying for the people of Ukraine, we know that like many of you, we want to do something tangible to help.
2: And we are so happy to let you know that our friends at Food for the Poor have stepped up and are working right now to help provide emergency food in Ukraine. They are asking for our help. Your one-time gift of just $150 can provide 600 meals for children and families in Ukraine. You heard that right. One dollar pays for four meals. That's an incredible return on your investment. Here's how you can make a gift. Go to 1160hope.com and click on the Help Ukraine banner or you can call 855-901-4673. That's 855-901-HOPE. We've been saying a few things today. It's also Star Wars Day, so May, May the 4th, 4th be, be with, with you. you. And, yes, also, and with you. also with you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's with you. That's so
2: funny. Uh, let's see. It's Brian's birthday. It's Hump Day. Hump Day. And it's also the day after we had our friends from Food for the Poor on, uh, Anitra Parmalee and Paul Jacobs. They've become our friends. If you missed yesterday's show with them, we'd love to invite you to go back and catch up on our podcast. But uh, they are you know, partners with Food for the Poor, and Food for the Poor is on the ground, I mean, literally right now working with pastors in Ukraine, mm-hmm, bringing mm-hmm. food to people who actually don't have food. So I think you know, when we bring on Food for the Poor, we want to remind people, like these are the most severe situations where people right. don't know where their meals are coming from. So you can actually go under our website right now, 1160hope.com. Click on the – I think it's uh, Food for the Poor or Help Ukraine help, banner. Help Ukraine. That's what it That's is. Right. Help Ukraine banner. Click on that. And give a gift today. Um, Brian, can you remind people uh, $1 is four meals? Is that right? right. That's
1: right. And so do the math, right? A hundred dollars is 400 meals. Yeah. And you can keep going. Some of you can give a lot. A lot of us have been looking at the news and it's overwhelming. You read these things and you Mm -hmm. see the images from Ukraine and you just want to ask yourself, I wish there was something I could do. And obviously you can't solve the war. Right. Uh, You can't do that. Right. Uh, But what you can do. Uh, is, is step in and, and give some money and help feed. So that's what you could do
2: yep um so you can do that today again go to eleven sixty hope dot com okay Brian we we typically tell people we invite people to engage with us on social media we are at common good talk on Instagram Twitter and Facebook in fact let me remind our people we've got our social media water cooler question up for the week we want to know about your first jobs uh and this is kind of fun because Brian and I both had very like quintessential nineties jobs is our first jobs. He worked at a video store, which as I've said before, is like my dream job. I'm so jealous of Brian. And I worked at an ice cream store in the mall when like, you know, people went to the mall and got ice cream. So that's really, really fun. Go ahead, Brian.
1: I went to the mall with my daughter the other day, just we were killing time and Yeah. The mall's got a great energy to it. I, they're kind of yeah. depressing places now, yeah. but the fact that you could go anywhere in the mall and get a soft pretzel, but you could also get like a burger, and you can also get ice cream, and you can also get—it's phenomenal. You're I just love talking the fact about that food
2: you, at the mall. Like you're not even talking about clothes at the mall. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, exactly. I love the fact that you worked at an ice cream store in the mall. That's fabulous. So I didn't know that. So the
2: best part about this the best part about this job was my friend's parents owned the ice cream store so we would get to open and close after the mall was closed or before the mall opened and we would bring roller skates and roller skate through the mall (laughs) and it was I mean that's like my joy in life you
1: did that as a younger person and you will do that as an older person Uh,
2: I will that's my that's my goal as an older person is to be that person that old lady at the mall roller skating okay so all that to say we love engaging with you on social media Brian and I are both on social media Mm -hmm. I'm probably a Little more active than you are, I would say, on social media, Brian, but you're on it. Like, you Mm -hmm. have a presence on social media. And so we all know, like, you know, social media is one of the most significant sort of technological advances of this generation. and there We've talked about before, the good things about it, the bad things about it. Uh, there's positives and negatives. It is not neutral. I think we need to remember that. Yes. But there are positives and there are negatives. And of course then sometimes, like recently, Brian, I my, my kids are not on social media but they're on something called Discord which is almost like social media for mm-hmm. gamers. It's where you're playing video games and chatting to other gamers. I went downstairs the other day and my 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 son was watching a YouTube video and on Discord and had his computer up. And I was like, no, 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 bro. Like <laughs> we get one, you get one screen. Like you pick one social media outlet. You you either pick YouTube or you pick your game or you pick Discord, but we don't do all three. So I, I'm like overwhelmed with how much, and my kids aren't even on like the main ones. They're not on Instagram, TikTok, any of those. But even so, I'm overwhelmed with how much they're on social media. And I think a lot of parents are feeling that way. We're feeling that way, like, are we on social media too much? Mm-hmm. And uh, Relevant Magazine actually uh, published something. There are 11 ways to know you're on social media too much. All right. So are you ready for these, Brian?
1: Yeah, I read through these. These are uh, convicting.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. I haven't read them yet, so I'm a little bit nervous. All right, here we go. This is what I just talked about with my kids. Watching TV and scrolling have become synonymous act. Activities. Uh, Kevin said the other day he feels like social media has become a pacifier. He's like, I literally, I don't even think about it. I just that's, do it. And it, that's it, coming it,
1: it, up here. It's weird. Oh, okay. And now it's hard. Like uh, we talked about sports earlier. It's hard. Like now you, if you're watching a game live and it's kind of fun mm-hmm. to do it this way, but then you also have Twitter up because you want to see what people are saying. What's And it just yeah. is, it, we've lost the ability to just like sit and watch TV. It's I'm just so sit true. Here and, and, stare at TV.
2: Yeah. and TV used to be the thing that we would like to talk about as our <laughs> yes, distraction. But now yes. we've like layered on to that. I mean, I was even watching the, the the Kevin and I were watching This Is Us on Tuesday night and same thing. Like I wanna know what people are saying on Twitter while I'm watching it. It's so wild. Okay, yes. let, let me read the next few. You occasionally find yourself browsing photo albums of people you don't know.
0: <laughs> Guilty. Oh, Guilty. man.
2: That's, yep, yep. You're regularly involved in overly heated arguments about politics, religion, or the critical merits of a movie you just saw. I think that's funny. Everyone I don't struggle like, with that ar- one.
1: I told you. I don't get into the arguments. Yeah, but here's I don't what either. I will do okay. I will read people arguing. So. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's so almost as different. bad because yeah, you're still is. getting
1: worked up, like oh, I, but I would say that, but you're like I don't want to, but uh, so it's a little bit the same.
2: Yeah, you're like a voyeur for those things. That's not that's right. good either. Okay, you recently, this is bad. You recently spent more time in social media conversations than actual face to face interactions. Mm. I think that's a really convicting one. You, <laughs> you have several quote unquote friends whom you've never actually met and probably never will. Mm. I've heard that one before, and I hear people push back on that because they say, well, this is the way you make friends now. And so what's the problem with cultivating online relationships?
1: So Um, I don't have any friends that I've never met, uh, but I think – and I think more people are probably like me in this one. I have a ton of friends who I will never see again. Yeah, yeah. Like we were joking, right? Today being my birthday, this is the only day where it's really fun to be on Facebook because people are coming out of the woodwork. But you are reminded – That 90%, you know, maybe 80% of the happy birthday messages I'm getting today are literally from people that I will probably never see again in my life. I
2: mean, that's so wild. Isn't it weird? It's just a weird thought
1: to go through. Yes.
2: It's so weird. Okay. Um, yeah, this one's funny. Actually eating a carefully prepared meal is the second best part of the dining experience just behind posting a photo of it. That's funny. <laughs> you this one's convicting. You know more about the lives of former high school classmates now than you did when you were actually in high school.
1: Uh, amen. Uh, it's so true. Isn't
2: that true? I
1: recently I, I have since uh like unfollowed, not not gotten rid of, but not unfriended, but like unfollowed a ton of people because I don't want to spend much time on Facebook. Yeah. But before that, I knew more about the current lives of a bunch of people from because I went to high school in New Jersey. So a lot of those people aren't in my life anymore. Okay. I realized I knew a lot more about people who I wasn't friends with in real life than a lot of my high school friends who were my best friends.
2: Wow. And it's just a really
1: weird deal like that.
2: Yeah, that's so wild. That's so real, though. Okay, um, you've accidentally liked a random comment while scrolling through Facebook on your iPhone. Looking at your friend's life updates make you feel bad about your own life accomplishments. You've posted updates to make friends envy your life. And the last one, you poke people all the time. And then they write, just kidding. No one uses the poke feature anymore. Can I tell you something? Yes. I have been, quote unquote, poked by two people on Facebook and I immediately unfriended both of them because I was like, nope, that's weird. I don't understand what this is and I don't like it. I'm out. We're not friends anymore. I don't think anyone
1: does that anymore. But yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I think that's actually a pretty good list. It's convicting. I I read those lists. I go, yep, I spend too much time on social media. So
2: we all spend too much time on social media. Let's uh, in honor of Brian's birthday. Let's get back to our real lives. There you go. And I love when this happens. This is the melding of two worlds because (laughs) I am joined by my two co-hosts. I feel like I'm living in inception right now. Davey Blackburn, who is the leader and founder of Nothing is Wasted Ministries. I am part of his podcast, the Nothing is Wasted podcast. And then I've got Brian Fromm, of course, here every single day at the Common Good uh, Davey's with us, Brian. So this is kind of fun. This is
1: crazy. <laughs> yeah. Why do we not? do Let's just bring your husband on. Let's get Kevin on. Let's just bring Kevin everybody on. into Seriously, on. The room. <laughs> we'll bring my sons on.
2: Like we'll just make it a whole like Aubrey uh, Sampson, this is your life kind of moment. This is fun. Awesome. I like it. Um, Davey, for our listeners who may have not heard you before and may not be familiar with nothing is wasted. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do and uh, what the ministry is?
3: Yeah, we are a ministry that helps people in trauma, tragedy, and major life transition. Uh, we, we really want to help people take back their story and, and most importantly, partner with God to take back their story. God is writing redemption stories in all of our stories, no matter if it's gone, if our story has gone the way we want it to or not. Most of us, our story has not gone the way we want it to. And, and, and yet God has already preemptively thought of a redempt, redemption story and plan for our lives. We just have to partner with him in that, align ourselves with, with him in that. Yeah. So that's what our ministry does. We have content, community and coaching that helps people in that vein. And um, I've been on the show a couple of times, Aubrey, but, but all of it stemmed from, from uh, my loss in 2015 when I, when I lost my wife and our unborn baby um, very tragically to a, a murder in our home. And mm-hmm. so out of that, out of the healing process that God brought me through, and then out of interacting with so many other people who are in pain and realizing the big need and burden that there is, we started Nothing Is Wasted Ministries,
1: Mm. And David, we always appreciate you sharing that. Uh, yeah, tell, uh, remind our people, or just tell us what has that healing process been like for you, and how has that then formed the curriculum and the resources that you've realized yeah. people need this. So, talk to us about that healing process.
3: Well, I think a couple things. You said it, Brian. Process, mm-hmm. right? Mm. We often want God to heal and poof. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, can we just be through this and over this? And but he heals in process and he heals as we lean into the difficult, negative emotions that we're experiencing. The triggers, if you will, that's kind of a a word that's in vogue right now. Trauma triggers. We often try to escape or numb those or, or we find other things to help us cope with that pain. And God's inviting us to work through that pain, to go through the valley of the shadow of death, not try to Mm. get out of the valley of the shadow of death. So if I were to summarize my entire healing process, it would be having to learn how to lean into those difficult emotions and really lament and grieve and process through those losses. And I don't just mean losses of, you know, yes, my wife and and our unborn baby, but all the other subsequent losses that go along with that. Mm. And I think that's where people oftentimes try to, uh, maybe whitewash their pain by saying, oh, I'm not yeah. grieving because because they don't identify that they actually have lost something. No, you, you have. And you need to yeah. you need to acknowledge that. And so that, you know, that was probably one of the biggest pieces to us starting. Nothing is wasted is realizing there's so many people who are not acknowledging their pain. They're running mm-hmm. away from it. But pain booby traps you. Mm-hmm. Right. You can't a uh, feeling buried never dies. You're gonna, it's going to come up and it's going to booby trap you later. It's going to come out sideways. My counselor said it oozes out of you <laughs> one yeah, way or so the true. other. And so why not address it in a really good, safe, controlled environment that, is, that has the anointing of the Holy Spirit uh, mm-hmm. in it so that you can work through this and walk through this well?
2: That's good, Davey. Davey, uh, Nothing is Wasted has all kinds of resources, uh, coaches to help Mm -hmm. people walk through their particular pain points, resources online. Something you're launching in particularly right now is this Pain to Purpose course, and you're inviting pastors into that process. Can you talk to us a little bit about that?
3: Yeah, the Pain to Purpose course, kind of, uh, it's a 12-week course video curriculum uh, with a, a physical booklet that goes along with it. And it was something that we thought we would just... Um, used for individuals as we're kind of coaching them online and walking them through this online course. And the pastors started reaching out to us and saying, can we offer this in our churches? Mm. And we're like, yes, let's figure out a way to do that because there's a lot of pain in churches. And the reality is is there's a lot of people who are sitting on the sidelines, not in mission because the enemy is using their pain to paralyze them or neutralize them from being Mm. effective in the kingdom. And that's Mm. one of the biggest frustration points for pastors today. And so we have been in churches now for a couple of years, and we're in dozens of them. We actually just launched in the UK and Ireland two months ago, awesome. so we're international wow. now. But I like to call it the Financial Peace University of Pain and Trauma. You know, it gives everybody kind <laughs> of a good. reference point, right? That's it's really a 12, It's a 12-week yeah. course. We help to train facilitators there at the local church level. And really what we're doing is helping you as you're inviting people to unpack their pain and get them back on mission and on purpose in your local church body so that you can be more effective for your community. And so, um, that's what we're doing right now. And, and, um, and, and we've just, I mean, the Lord is opening up so many doors of opportunity for us. We just became a resource partner for arc association of related churches. Many of right. you guys would be familiar with that church plan yep. network. We're in conversations with some other, uh, denominations like full scale denominations with getting it in their colleges and universities right now. So it's really cool to see the doors that God is opening up, but what's most, important is the healing that we're seeing in people's lives. I just talked to a pastor yesterday and he said, David, we've got someone in our pain to purpose group right now. They, they launched it a couple of weeks ago. I think they're eight weeks in on the 12 week course. She said, this woman has been seeing a therapist and counselor for 15 years and has found more breakthrough in her pain, more healing in her pain in these eight weeks that we've been in this wow. and all of the 15 years combined. Wow. And this is, we're hearing this sto- story after story after story about this because I, I just... I don't know why, but it, it just feels like God is moving in huge ways through pain to purpose right now.
1: Mm. Oh, that's such good news. Davey, uh, a lot of pastors listen here, at least people who lead in churches and are part of churches. Uh, what, what would you say to them? What's going to happen if we ignore people's pain? Churches are yeah. really good at that, right? We kind of, like, hey, we're all good. Joy of the Lord. Yeah. What are the results when we are a community that ignores pain?
3: Yeah, you're going to experience a lot of fallout, a lot of burnout. You're going to experience a lot of Uh, just toxic environments that happen. Um, and so the culture of your church is going to experience this massive drag and ultimately people are going to be taken out of the game. And what I mean by the game is, I mean, uh, being on mission and and Mm. on purpose, They're not going to be as effective for the kingdom of God. And that's really what every pastor desires is that we are able to empower people to live out the God given purpose, destiny and giftings that he's placed inside of them. But the enemy, what John 10, 10 comes to steal, kill and destroy. And he's going to Mm. use pain to do that more often than not. So if we whitewash it, we try not to address it because it's scary. I mean, it is scary when you start addressing pain from the platform, you're going to. People are going to come out of the woodwork and they're Mm -hmm. going to be talking about their pain and it's messy and it's tough to deal. And you don't know. There's so much nuance within it. It's not clean, black and white. It can't be a party every Sunday. We've got to deal with the Mm. things that our people are actually dealing with. Mm. But this is going to make them more effective. And if we don't do this, this is going to at best neutralize them for the kingdom. At worst, it's going to completely sabotage their life if we don't help shepherd them through this.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's right, so, kind of Davy. Yeah. Um, Davy, for pastors or ministry leaders who are hearing you talk right now and they're interested in finding out more about how they can bring the Pain to Purpose course to their churches, uh, wh- what's the call to action? What do they do?
3: Absolutely, we're actually hosting next Thursday, May twelfth, um, a call at from one p.m. to two thirty p.m. Eastern time, a Zoom call, and it's a it's just an invite Zoom call, personal, and, and it'll be like actual wind, not a webinar, nothing like. It's just like you'll actually we'll be interacting together. I'll share a little bit more about the course. We'll have some pastors on that will share about how the course is working in their context and their local church from all different size churches. Um, this isn't just like a, you know, only only small churches or only large churches. This is yeah. this is all across the board, the whole spectrum. And so we'll be able to share some of that. And then also we'll be able to answer your questions and um, just kind of serve you in that way. So that's a, a call that's going on. You can go to nothingiswasted.com slash pastors nothingiswasted.com slash pastors. And then if you want to find out more information too, you can always go to um, nothingiswasted.com and up at the top, you'll see four churches and you can follow that link for the pain to purpose course for churches. We actually have a, a button right there where you can schedule a demo call with our local church director, Ken Roberts. He was a pastor for over 40 years and he helps to onboard churches for the Pain to Purpose course. He knows the needs of churches. He's been in ministry yeah. for a long, long time. He's coached pastors over the past decade um, in their own health and their own crisis and convergence. And so now he's a part of our team helping us launch this in churches all over the world. He would love to sit down with you if you're not able to make it on that call next week. And he would love to just give you a kind of open up the hood and show you what Pain to Purpose is all about. Mm.
2: Yeah, Ken's a great guy, too. I know him, so I would definitely recommend. Uh, again, going to nothingiswasted.com s- is it slash four churches, Davy, I want to make sure I'm saying yeah, that Yeah, so, just so the call
3: next week is nothingiswasted.com slash pastors.
2: Okay. Very simple. All right. Uh, yep. Davy Blackburn is the founder and leader of Nothing Is Wasted Ministries. Davy, thanks so much for being thanks, here with Davey. us today, yeah, friend. Yeah, thank you,
3: guys. Always a joy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for some.
2: end of the show we hope you have a wonderful wednesday evening planned we love at the end of every show to bring you uh, something challenging inspiring or something to put a smile on your face and brian you know it's been a fun show today but we do tend to cover heavy news every once in a while and so it's fun to just sort of break that up. I think you like to call it a palate cleanser when That's we right. get to share some good news with you. And over at the week.com, they actually put together something they call it wasn't all bad. It's just good news from the week. <laughs> this is actually from last week, but this is these are some really good stories. So I'm going to jump in with the first one, okay? Okay. All right. Uh with his custom bowl, this 12-year-old raised $325,000. For Ukrainian kids. Listen to this story. Gabriel Clark found a way to combine his woodworking skills with his sense of philanthropy. The 12-year-old lives in Cumbria, England, and has been making bowls and other objects since he first picked up his grandfather's hammer as a young child. He spends hours a day on his creations, which he's been selling to raise money for a mountain bike. After his father tweeted about his talents, Gabriel suddenly had thousands of social media followers and orders and decided to make a bowl to raffle off with all the donations going to save the children to help kids in Ukraine. The bull has b- blue and yellow rings as a nod to the Ukrainian flag. His initial goal was to raise a little over $6,000, but has surpassed that number immediately, almost immediately, ultimately raising over $325,000. Isn't that amazing? That's
1: a great story. I love it, that so, story. You know what I'm learning? Because we do these types of stories over and over and over again. It's so often kids.
2: It's it just is. So they like lead kids. the way, don't they? Yeah.
1: It really is. It's great. All right. Next one. Farm animals and people. Find healing at this New York sanctuary. Two decades ago, Kathy Stevens followed her heart, leaving behind a career in education to start an animal sanctuary. Since opening in 2001, her 150-acre Catskill Animal Sanctuary uh, has directly rescued over 5,000 farm animals from goats to pigs to cows. Animals are now are, quote, in my DNA, Stevens told the Hudson Valley 360. I grew up on a farm and I've known since I came out of the womb, practically, that there's more to them than most people have the opportunity to understand. Ah. While Stevens might not be teaching in a classroom, she is educating people at the sanctuary, whether it's members of the public on weekend tours or kids making virtual visits to the farm. She doesn't work alone. They're volunteers who feed the animals and clean the spaces. She says I, uh, the volunteer said, I feel at peace when I'm around the animals and it's very healing to be mm. at the sanctuary. Deep in my heart, I know that while I'm helping the animals. They're helping me too.
2: (laughs) Oh, I love that. That's so nice. Okay, uh, here's another story. The world's largest wildlife crossing is now being built in California, Um, spanning 10 lanes of Highway 101. The Wallace Annenberg Wildlife Crossing aims to change the fortunes of mountain lions and other animals living in the Santa Monica Mountains. Last week, crews started breaking ground on the $87 million wildlife crossing in California. And once it's completed, the goal is by 2025, it will be the largest corridor in the world. The 165-foot wide crossing will connect the Santa Monica Mountains with the Simi Hills Uh, about 10 feet above the freeway to make sure the animals use the crossing. It will be surrounded by trees, bushes, and sound barriers so the cars and traffic below don't scare the creatures away. Urban development and freeways have genetically isolated mountain lions in the region, and researchers estimate that the animals will become extinct within 50 years unless there is an influx of genetic diversity. So they're doing this uh, to i guess save more lives of these wild animals at first i was like a little bit nervous like does this mean more mountain lions are going to be coming into like the population of people but it sounds like they're they're trying to avoid that helping animals have their own place to roam yeah i don't want to see a mountain lion on the highway is what i'm saying
1: i like these stories i really do but sometimes do you ever be like man we put a lot of energy towards animals
2: yeah, I, d- I do sometimes think that, which I guess tells you I'm not much. I mean, I love animals, but I like, obviously, it's not my big passion because that's usually my first thing is like, Wow, that's a lot of money. Hmm, I wonder if there's yeah. other things we could do with that
1: money. <laughs> exactly. All right. So here's one that your husband has never had to deal with, but I did at at a, when my kids were oh, little.
2: Oh, okay. Let's hear it.
1: Skills are learned and memories made at hair braiding class for dads.
2: <gasps> nice.
1: Preconceived notions were shattered when uh, Annis Waugh's hair braiding class for dads. Uh Wa owns Braid Maidens in England, and as part of a fundraiser for a local elementary school, she set up a workshop for parents. After realizing she never had a man enroll in any of her hair braiding, uh, braiding classes, she designed a course called Beers and Braids, hoping <laughs> it would appeal to dads. The That's class awesome. sold out with, <laughs> with dozens of fathers signing up for the waiting list. Uh, she taught the dads about hair textures and types and demonstrated brushing and braiding techniques. The men practiced on plastic heads and were super engaged <laughs> and really enthusiastic learners. John Harden, uh, he signed up for the class so that he could help his daughters get ready for school. And he told the Post, learning how to braid hair with other dads boosted his confidence. It shouldn't be one gender doing stuff like this. The more we do and share the load, the better it is for my daughters. This is totally true uh, i really? never took a class the first time when madeline was little i tried yeah. to give her a ponytail even something as simple as a ponytail <laughs> it was a nightmare and uh <laughs> yes dads need this work it does not come natural to most of us and i uh,
2: actually like have a memory of my dad trying to give me a ponytail and me like crying and being like you ruined everything <laughs> it's
1: so true it's so true
2: <laughs> so can you braid now brian
1: no 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 okay, i used so to you try little class. things but like they're talking about, like, hey, let's not make this just a one-gender thing. Yeah. In our house, this is a one-gender thing. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. That's so funny. I love that it was the beers, ultimately, that brought the dads there. That's And, of course, they're enthusiastic. That's very yes. funny. Yes, yes. Okay, uh, Brian, you know, you and I both have expressed our feelings about cats. So we'll have to see how we feel about this one. Uh, this is the last story. A black cat named Jinx was briefly the mayor of Hell, Michigan. Wow. That's (laughs) so much to the story. Wow. Okay. Jinx, a rescue cat from California whose unusually large eyes and feet have garnered her hundreds of thousands of social media followers. I have to pause here. It always kills me like I'm like writing books for a living. I'm like out there just trying to get social media followers to sell books. And you find out that a cat has hundreds of thousands of social media followers. It's a little strike to the ego. Okay. But this cat made history on Sunday when she became the first cat to serve as mayor of Hell, Michigan. Located about 20 miles from Ann Arbor, the city has a program where anyone can pay $100 for the honor of presiding over Hell for one day. <laughs> Jinx's owner, Mia, signed her up, and this trailblazer has now opened doors for other pets who want to rule Hell. That's <laughs> what a funny <laughs>
3: <sentence>.
0: <laughs> Because
2: it's a temporary gig, Jinx wasn't able to outlaw dogs or make hourly treats mandatory hell's mayors do however receive a proclamation certificate souvenir mugs and t-shirts that's a certificate awesome. of impeachment and even some property one square inch of hell jinx was sworn in over the phone by reverend vaughn of hell who told mlive.com we love our in-person and distant mayors
1: <laughs> that's funny <laughs> that's I, a just good story. Have, I think it's i think it's funny that there is a town in michigan called hell i need to look I mean, up that's where it is probably
2: the funniest part right
1: well I think they obviously did it for the jokes. Well, A, for people to come and get merchandise. But it's freezing in Michigan, so there's multiple times when hell freezes over, and they can use that that joke as much as they want.
2: Oh, that's a good one. All right. Well, on Brian's birthday, we hope those stories put a smile on your face. Thanks so much for joining us today. We'll be back again tomorrow from 4 to 6 p.m. For Brian Fromm, I'm Aubrey Sampson, and you've been listening to The Common Good on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life.